The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation here this morning on the Talking Point with the Country Medical Director at Pfizer. And I've been punting uh, this conversation quite a bit this morning only because of the kind of questions that we have had from South Africans, um, you know, since the vaccines were procured and have started being administered. Dr. Ba Ndunga Nitlakula is the Country Medical Director at Pfizer. Uh, Dr. Tlakula, good morning to you and thank you so much for your time. This morning. Good morning, Kathy, and good morning to your listeners. Look, I, I must say, you know, um, one of the issues that you perhaps have also uh, picked up and, you know, may be well aware of is the extent to which there is a very high level of mistrust in vaccines and of course the Pfizer vaccine is one of the vaccines that's also being predominantly used in this country. Tell me a little bit about the conversations that you've been having at Pfizer about how this vaccine is being received by uh, South Africans. Thanks Katie and I I do acknowledge that um, there there is quite a, a lot of misinformation and needs around the safety and efficacy of vaccines and other vaccine-related issue, uh, issues that you've just touched point on. And I think it's important that we share in correct information with the public, be transparent with the public. Whatever gets collected and analyzed carefully, you know, um, needs to be shared with the public accordingly. And I'll just, you know, go back to your question um, um, to say that at Pfizer, what has been shared? And I, I think I'm confident to share with you that the information around safety that gets reported, uh, KP, on the vaccine uh, does get shared to the regulatory authorities, you know, worldwide. And here in South Africa with our SAPRA regulatory body and also our Department of Health have got full information around the safety, you know, um, effects that get reported and analyzed. And the importance of that and sharing that to the public is that that will increase the trust, Right. And, 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 and just ongoing conversations um, and on open platform with the public um, to, to make sure that we're not losing people along the way or increasing their hesitancy. And we're hoping that we educate and inform accordingly so that people make informed decisions around their vaccination. Mm. And, 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 and have you found that a lot of the information and especially misinformation about the vaccine that you're having to deal with that as Pfizer or are you leaving it in the hands of uh, SAPRA and by and large, you know, the media because it's almost unavoidable for us uh, to to have to deal with? Look, and, and besides just Pfizer, I think all the vaccine manufacturers at KP um, within the COVID vaccine space what has happened is the collaboration, right? So it's the collaboration between the manufacturers, our regulatory body, and our you know, Ministry of Health as well. So in no way is it left to one partner to address that. It's all our responsibilities, right? So I think it's a combined collaborative effort that we continue to drive, you know, uh, to make sure that we do address these topics um, appropriately um, to the public, Katie. All right. So so what we're going to do is that we're also going to be giving the opportunity to our listeners to ask you questions directly 
and this is uh, on the vaccine. The number to dial to get in touch with us right now is 011-714-2006 and of course the WhatsApp line 0614-104-107 and on Twitter it's at SFM Radio. The hashtag there is SAFM Talking Point. Let's take a quick break. I'll continue this conversation after this. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlatana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation with Dr. Ban Dungani Tlagula, who is the country medical director at Pfizer. Dr. Tlagula, what have you found to be some of the biggest misconceptions around the vaccine, particularly the Pfizer vaccine? Um, thanks, Katie, for that question. Um, so there has been a lot of myths and misinformation that has been, you know, the main drivers of the vaccine hesitancy. And some of the common myths uh, or common, you know, uh, incorrect information uh, in particular, which is quite topical, is that, hey, this thing will, you know, um, it, it will give me a chip inside my body. And, um, and when I go through scans, then it will start beeping, right? Uh, and I think I'll just want to address that and, and just, you know, inform the public that uh, the vaccines, um, especially the messenger RNA vaccines, um, do not change your genetic material, right? So they do not interfere with your genetic makeup. They do not alter your genetic makeup, right? So how they work is that they deliver the message to your body cells, right? that instructs the cells to generate the spike proteins, and it's the spike proteins um, that are on the, on the surface of the vaccine uh, that initiate the, the infection, right? So with these spike proteins, um, what they happen after being instructed uh, by the messenger RNA is that they generate the immune response, and that's the immune response that you require to neutralize or inactivate the coronavirus, right? So in no way where there is interference or direct, you know, interference of your genetic material. So there will be no chip find in your body after you get the vaccine. Mm. The need for the booster shots, and Pfizer particularly has been one of those where this has been extensively spoken about. Why is there a need for a third booster shot if one has already received or is planning on taking the two shots? The, the the booster shot um, um, I think strategy strategy or guidance um, is really what is guided by the WHO, right? So the WHO is the advisory group that will you know come together and 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 come with recommendations. We've seen with the COVID vaccine and how they have been really leading those conversations. So of late, we've um, we've had their recommendation um, of the booster dose especially for the individuals with immunocompromised or weaker immune uh, system. And uh, that is given six months, you know, after you've received your, 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 your full primary doses. Um, and, and you've asked why. Remember the issue around the length of immunity is still something that is being analyzed, something that is being ongoing, right? Um, so with all the evidence that they are gathering, they are seeing it beneficial for these high-risk group, especially immunocompromised, to be started to be given the booster dose um, as a first cohort. 
and we'll keep listening to those conversations and what comes up, KD, with the rest of that population, mm-hmm. not only the immunocompromised ones, mm-hmm. around the booster topic. Because it's some, something new, right? It's still being investigated. It's still being analyzed. And I think as data comes out, then you know, more concrete recommendations will then be given for the rest of the population. So as it stands, what is the Pfizer recommendation? So we don't have a Pfizer recommendation standalone. We are prescribed to the WHO, right? And and the WHO guide is the, the one that I've just shared with you around the immunocompromise for now. Mm. But but I'm, I'm yeah. assuming that there should be, usually, you know, when you have medication, it comes with at least some idea of what the manufacturer advises the user. So are you saying that in terms of the protocols of how the the vaccine is administered right now, you're taking the direction by and large from the WHO? Yes, we are aligning with the WHO. And I think I did highlight that because we're mm-hmm. still analyzing and having ongoing studies around the poster, right? Mm-hmm. And as information comes up, that gets shared, and then WHO will come with the recommendations that see fit not only for one country, but for all countries that are affected with the COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And we just keep our ears on the ground as things are, are evolving quite fast. Uh, so recommendation that you saw last week, we might see something coming up this week or next week. Things are just moving at a faster pace. Okay, let me go to Pastor Duma. Pastor Duma, you're calling us from Durban. Good morning to you. Yes, good morning, Elsie Kepi, and good morning to the uh, guest there. Mm. Um, my question to the guest is, why is it that it seems there is conclusive evidence that when a person takes a jab and they die, there is conclusive evidence seemingly that they didn't die from the jab. When the person had never been sick or ill before, suddenly they take a jab and they die. And it's concluded that it would never have had anything to do with a jab. Could you guest please give me some answer to that as to why could it be that if the jab is taken out of the whole scenario, the person wasn't ill at all before they took a jab. In other words, if they hadn't taken the jab, they would not have died. The question is, why is that so? I will listen on the radio. All right, Pastor Duma, thanks for uh, that call. Uh, Dr. Tlagula? Thanks, Pastor Duma, for that question. Um, and I'll just take Pastor back to the report, right, um, that was provided by our regulatory authority, right? And it's issues around the the, 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 the vaccination, right, and associated deaths, you know, around that, okay? And what is very clear is that there's no causal or there's no link or causality, um, link causality around the two, and it, it just happens, right? Um, so, and, and when I'm saying, Pastor, a person would not have died, I, I'm not sure um, how definite we are with that, but I think what I can share with you is that Across the globe, where there have been deaths and vaccine at the same time, there has been immense analysis around that to see if there is a causal link. Uh, because if there is a causal link, then it's not really beneficial for us to continue because the idea is not to harm, but the idea is to save the people's lives, right? 
Um, and, and so far, the reports that have come through is that there is no direct link with the death and the vaccine. Okay, so we'll leave it there with that particular question. Pastor Duma, I hope that your question has been answered. John, you're calling us from Bloom. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Mrs. Casey. How are you? Yes, yes, John, I'm well. Thank you. Go for it. <laughs> uh, John, just try and move around for me. I think we're losing you a little bit on the line there. Can you hear me now, Mrs. Casey? Yes, much better. All right. Uh, my question to the lady now is, has she herself taken the vaccine shot? And has she allowed her family, by family I mean her kids who are eligible to take the vaccine, to take the vaccine? And my other question is to you, Mrs. Casey. Are you happy at all with how the government is, is, is approaching the whole pandemic thing? Now, right now, it's election, it's manifestos. They, you can see them in millions in numbers. No mask on, nothing happening, no waves, nobody saying anything about waves. Come after the election, are we going to be justified if we are angry not to listen to them when they want us to be on lockdown and they want to, to impose sanctions on us again? Thank you, Mrs. Kepi. Yeah, John, look, that's that's part of the ongoing problem, right? The inconsistencies and on some level, even the hypocrisy that comes out of, of government. And we're especially seeing it now with the rallying for the elections. But let me come to Dr. Tlakula and give you a chance to also respond to John's question. Um, John, yes, I've, I've, I have had my vaccination. Um, I'm fully vaccinated. And my family as well. I've got my husband who's fully vaccinated. I've got my son who is 19 years, who is fully vaccinated. I've got my 14-year-old who registered on on the 20th of October, who is due for his first uh, vaccination mm. in due course. So to answer that question for you, I have gone through the experience and my family, even extended family, have gone through the experience as well. Okay. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> No, yes, you, you can continue. It sounded like you still wanted to say something else. Yes, I was just saying even beyond my immediate family, my, my friends and, and, and my other extended family have gone through the, the experience and they are fully vaccinated. Okay. And I think you touched on the important point um, of where we are as a country, Katie, uh, when it comes to the rollout and the interventions, right? I think what's important for us at an individual level, right, is that we continue with a non-pharmaceutical intervention that is wearing off masks, sanitization, keep distance, and keep away from crowds, right? Because it has been shown that super-spreading events like your gatherings, you know, and, 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 and other movements, you know, contribute to the, to the transmission of the virus. So continuing doing those and, you know, on, on top of that, you know, getting vaccinated, so that we make sure that we maintain the low transmission level where we are as a country, because I think we've achieved quite, quite, quite well, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where we are today. From the third wave, we are off the third wave, but we need to maintain the current status of low numbers of new infections, the deaths, the hospitalizations, and, and you know, all those will be driven by our behavior and the non-pharmaceutical interventions with vaccination. 
One of the questions that we have here is around the ingredients of the vaccine. So, you know, some listeners want to know what exactly has gone into the vaccine. What are the ingredients that are used for it? And it's different vaccines, right? Um, so um, I'll just speak to the one that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with. And the ingredients, um, there's quite a long list right, um, that includes that. And some of it is potassium chloride. Uh, you find sodium chloride. You find some phosphate dihydrate. And you find some sucrose as well, just in, in, in the high level. But there's a comprehensive list of, of other ingredients mm-hmm. that are included. And is, is, this, is this available publicly? It is on the public domain, um, Katie. Um, the information is widely shared. Yeah, is there a place that people can go to to see these ingredients for themselves? They can Google. We've got uh, something that is called summary of product characteristics uh, for different vaccines, and they can just punch that and it, it will come out. Okay. All right. Okay. So there, yeah. uh, there's the information it, it, it's for... It's transparent. It's All right. transparent. Thank, thank you for that. So that's the, the, the information for our listeners who want to know um, just what has gone into this vaccine. Philip, you're calling us from Durban. Good morning. Yes, good, mo- good morning to you. Yes. Um, I've been in the medical field myself 37 years, carried a medical bag. Mm. I wanted to find out from the young doctor, uh, I think Pfizer is a very, very good thing to uh, the vaccines are excellent. I'm underlined with uh, a prostate cancer. I had atrial fibrillation. None of these things interacted with, with all these things, basically. I can guarantee that. The other thing that I found, which is unbelievable, is I know you one can laugh at me, but my hair in places my, which never uh, would never grew, my hair is actually growing because, I don't know, it feels like that the vaccines. Oh, geez, Philip, so you think there's a connection between your hair there growth and the vaccine? You no, know, all, all the years I carried a medical bag, I have not seen... Look, Pfizer, these aren't climbing around or nothing at all. I think Pfizer is a very reputable company, and if we do not have these vaccines, I've had both of them, uh, basically, no interactions, nothing at all, with the atrial fibrillation, with the underline of, of, of cancer, the prostate, basically, there is no interaction with these. But what I'm amazed is my hair is actually growing. Okay. All right, Philip. Well, good so for you. Coming, you know, I just wanted to ask the young doctor, you know, could she explain to me, is she heard anything like that? Mm. I know people will laugh, but, it, but it's true. Okay. I cannot believe it. I'm 71. I'm a gym trainer uh, in Durban, basically. As I said to you, carrying a medical bag for 37 years. Pfizer has been a reputable company. And I would say... Um, one of the best vaccines around I've come across in my entire career. So, 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 Philip, you wouldn't mind a couple of more booster shots, especially if it's leading to no, some well, no, much welcome no, they, they, they basically <laughs> know what they are doing, basically. And that's, what, right. that's what we're here for. And I wish people would realize that. I had the, I had the COVID in, in, uh, in December last year. Um, felt sick a little bit, bit of fever and everything, too. We need these vaccines. Okay. These vaccines are so important, people don't realize. Philip? I've, got, I've just mentioned underlying problems we've had. There is no interactions with those, basically. Philip, let, let's, fact, let, let, let's, a, let's give Dr. Tabula an opportunity to respond, okay? Yeah. Okay. What, what, what it's actually done is boosted the immune system. You can feel it, basically. 
I train people in the gym. I, I do bodybuilding myself at the age of 71, basically. I've never felt like a multi, you know, I feel like, like a youngster of 50. All right, Philip, it, it sounds like this vaccine has changed your life practically. Uh, it's Dr. Kakula. changed our life because you know what? We, 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 we are looking for trouble if we keep on saying we're not going to have the vaccine. We're not going to have the vaccine. Basically, you've okay. got to have this vaccine if you want to stay alive. Okay, Philip, I think the point line. the point has been made. The point has been made. Dr. Takula, come in there and, and respond to what Philip was raised. Is it likely? Um, Philip, I'll, I'll have to check that for you, right? And uh, what I would like, obviously, is to get um, your contacts so that we get the proper information for you around this. And I, I, I haven't had it. I haven't had that comment around the, mm. the increase in your in hair growth. Uh, but as I'm saying that, as as we get information that gets you know um, reported, and we'll get more information around this for you. Right. Um, so I would like to take yeah yeah in in, in, con, in, con, in confidentiality will take sure. we'll take it offline for you. L- yeah. Let me quickly go to Munya, who's calling us from Parkview. Good morning. Hello, hello, Katie, and everyone in the studio. How are you guys? Well, thank you. Go for it. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've got a question for the doctor. Uh, I don't know if I heard it right. Did you just say uh, we hear what happens with the... We hear everything from the HW, from the WHO. Like, like it's people in the countries where they are and where we are, we are totally different. Our bodies, they don't behave the same way as we travel into their countries and as they come into our country. So, my question is, what is it that you have to hear with him everything? I mean, don't you have scientists or doctors like her and they qualified to get to know some of the questions that they need to know? That's my first question. My second question, my second question, I know, let's leave the first question. Just answer, to answer me the first question first. Okay. Thank you. Uh, all right, Munya. What we're going to do is that I'm going to go to news because it is 11 o'clock and I'll allow you guys just to wrap up this aspect of the conversation in a bit. And Musa is standing by with the latest news. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. The Talking Point with Kathy Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. It's 6 after 11 o'clock. We continue the conversation on the talking point. What we'll do before we get into our 11 11 o'clock conversation is just wrap up with the country medical director at Pfizer and, of course, one of our callers, Monia, who had uh, called in with uh, uh, his own questions about the vaccine and the safety and specifically talking about the protocols. Why is it uh, that Pfizer is taking direction from the WHO? and not setting up its own protocols. Dr. Tlagula? Katie, um, maybe to clarify for the last caller. Um, so the data around safety and efficacy, um, manufacturers, including you know Pfizer, do have that data available and do have the data to advise you know, uh, accordingly at country level or at any other you know, uh, platforms, right? So the role of WHO is that they as a body, you know, um, are the responsible body um, across the globe, you know, uh, just to maintain the order around countries with the rollout of any COVID-related, you know, activities or strategies, right? And I think we we do have um, local, you know, uh, know, um, specialists or key experts 
with no doubt, excellent ones. However, as countries, we do, you know, abide or, you know, get direction further from the WHO when it comes to either, you know, the rolling out strategies or any other clinical information that will come out, especially around the COVID-19, you know, combating. Um, so it's not that they, we only listen to them. It, 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 it's a combined effort for countries, for companies, for Department of Health, everybody. Uh, and just to maintain that order from that perspective of WHO. Mm. I hope I I answer him. Yeah, look, I I also have a couple of questions on the WhatsApp line about this issue of the protocols and why it is that Pfizer relies on the WHO to tell it how many of its vaccine doses basically people can use where you know some some of our listeners believe that Pfizer should be the one that's able to to talk about this process itself and talk about the recommendations that uh, you know you are making to the World Health Organization yourselves and not really have it be the other way around. So maybe let me unwind again, right, um, where everybody fits, right? As manufacturers, um, I did say that we provide the data, right, um, to, to, to the policymakers, to the decision makers, right? And the data that gets provided then gets, you know, scrutinized at, at, at different levels and, you know, guide the, 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 the countries in terms of the rollout, so specifically here, we're speaking around the booster and the booster shots, and that's where I made reference around that the WHO has said as a group looked at all the data that they have, uh, including the data you know that comes from companies, and then make recommendations accordingly, right? And I did mention that it's just uh, 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 just to maintain order and just to make sure that every country any country is not left behind. So it, 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 it's recommendations and guidelines that WHO do provide in collaboration and in consultation with the companies as well. Dr. Ba Ndungane Tlakula is the country medical director at Pfizer. So at this point, I've got Sherwin D on this, on social media who's asking, um, you know, for those who've been fully vaccinated with Pfizer, are they going to require a booster sh- uh, shot? And if so, by how long after their second jab? Uh, that's somebody who's uh, been uh, who's received both doses of the vaccine. Hello, Dr. Kagula. Oh, okay. Dr. Dr. Kagula is gone there. All right. Uh, yeah, it looks like we're going to have to leave it there uh, for that conversation. Dr. Bandunga Nitlagula is the country medical director at Pfizer. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll get into our 11 o'clock conversation in a bit.